Hi, my name is Scott. I'm a compulsive overeater. Yeah, I okay. I am in recovery. It's funny how it you know, today is September 11th, and, and I am actually from New York City. So I was just talking about that you know, earlier before we start the meeting. I've been in the program for now for now 27 years, not absent all that time. I am a relapse survivor. This recovery stands at 19 and 19 years this past July, and it's been the best thing that I've been able to do. You know, I started overeating very uh, not I shouldn't say very early, quite later than a lot of people. And for the first nine years, it just looked like I was a normal child that liked the food, the sweets or whatever. My mother baked the cake. I always argued with my sister to who who got the leftover chocolate icing left in the bowl, you know, or who got the little piece of chocolate on the cake. I was, you know, I looked like a normal leader. Technically, I wasn't. And what caught the attention was after one summer, despite physical activity, I was noticed for gaining weight. And, you know, my parents were trying to get me to lose the weight, you know, to just to eat normally, which I couldn't do. They were trying anything. You know, they tried to lose shame. You would look so much better if you lost the weight. You would look so much more attractive. They tried to get me to, to do like a, like a dollar a pound. If I lost, if after a week, I lost some weight, they get me, I don't know if I can mention foods, but they get me a treat from the local store. You know, anything to get me to lose the weight. But my doctor had put me on a diet at each time, my first diet, and it's three meals a day, nothing in between. And it looks familiar because that's exactly what I'm doing right now. But I couldn't really hold to it. Now, during that time, you know, during that time, I learned to, to lie about the food. I learned, I stole money from my mother's purse, my father's pants pockets. And I was never caught, I was never caught. I learned to be that devious. And, you know, and one thing that got me, that let me get away with it, is that I was always a good-natured child. But I was always, at that time, totally obsessed with the food. And I was hard on my clothes. I went and unfortunately, during my two years at junior high school, I, I can't tell you how many pairs of pants I wore through. They were always getting chafed. It wasn't the same with getting chafed to where the pants had to be replaced. I went and I literally thought I was keeping the children's store in business. And through the years, even into the teenagers, I went from a, from a children's store to an army and navy store to a big man store because of the clothes. And I had so much trouble getting clothes, you know, for, you know, for my size, for my size. And like I said, I was a born liar. When I was away at, you know, at day camps, you know, when they give you a treat, you know, at the end of the day, I, I had it, but I would say I skipped it so I could have a second one that night during the summers when the ice cream trucks came around. So I was literally lying my way to getting it, to really getting it. And I learned to be very, very manipulative. Now, at first, the weight was coming on, but it never stopped me from, you know, from the love of my life, which is swimming. But also, I was still able to play Little League Baseball. I was able to play junior, you know, in junior high school, 
a year of junior high school softball. And I was, and it was not bad. I was able to carry the weight fine. But it started to interfere later on when the weight came on and on and on and totally obsessed. I never learned to manage my money because I was always spending it on food, you know, on food. And, you know, during the, those times, and it was getting me in trouble to where I, I could not walk as fast as, you know, anybody else to do so. And my doctor would literally yell at me because I would come into his office each time, heavier and heavier and heavier. And he said, okay, I know he's right. I'm going to start now. But it, last, it lasted only about 30 seconds after I got out of his office. I went right back to the food. To the, to the food. Good like name. I said, my mother gave me a dollar a pound to lose the weight Good until name. she saw that I was getting paid for the same few pounds because I was always getting the weight back. And even from, you know, we had trouble getting clothes from my bar mitzvah. And a year and almost a year and a half later for my sister's wedding, I had to go. I didn't like the and I, I didn't like the the uh, the phrase special sizes. When when we went like for a tuxedo, we went out to a place where we had to go to a husky place. They at that time during the sixties they called it husky at this particular well-known you know clothing store, which is no longer in business. And and I and I really didn't like it, but you know, but that. But unfortunately, I had no choice in the matter at all. And I didn't like the fact that it was big, you know, like a big man store where I had to go. And I was so limited in the clothes, but I could, but I couldn't really lose the weight. And my now my teachers in school tried to get me to lose weight also, but they also told my parents, he's smart, he's intelligent, he's doing well, he could do so much better. There was no understanding that the, what I was eating was affecting the way I was thinking and I couldn't always concentrate the best way either. That was because of all the sugar, the flour I was taking in. I was taking in, but I couldn't lose the weight. And I was losing, and I would try and lose the weight. I had periods of success only to get the approval of my parents, to get the approval of the doctor, you know, who would not say anything as long as I was losing the weight. And I developed severely high blood pressure at this time also because of the weight itself. So on and on. And when I finally decided I'm going to lose the weight for myself because some of the best things I've done was when I did wanted it. Now, my sister had given me the diet she was on from a commercial plan. They gave me plenty to eat. And I was following it until I found out that I could go to, I could make these meetings because they had they, on the doctors the balance scales that they had at that time, they could put an extra piece on the scale. And I knew I was having, I was shocked at the weight. Still, even though I knew it was, I weighed in at a little over 400 pounds at that time. But I followed it and I was following, I was losing the weight, the weight, the physical was being handled, but not the emotional or physical. They, you know, these commercial plans cannot give you that. Anyway, even though they have meetings and everything, they cannot give you that. You know, freedom from the obsession. In fact, they encourage you. You can eat the low-calorie things throughout the day. You know, you know some of the low-calorie stuff, the, you know, the vegetables, the, you know, the coffee or whatever. So you can have it. So I was really doing that throughout the day. It's still losing the weight. But I lost 100 pounds twice and gained it back. I then lost 200 pounds and gained the weight back. And the honesty was not there. I was not honest. You know, I would tell the lecturer, 
I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm gaining the weight back. Here's a food diary. Write down whatever you're, you're eating for the next week and we'll look at it. Of course, I never handed it in. I had to pick, I had some nice weight losses for the next few weeks because I wasn't about to be honest. I wasn't going to tell him anything. So I went back and forth and I lost a lot of my life. I could, I was working seasonal jobs because nobody, I felt nobody was going to hire somebody my size. I stopped going to school. I lived on unemployment for many years and dating was nil because I felt who's going to want to go out with a person my size. And I found out many, many years later, people would have loved to have gone out with me despite the weight because they saw something beyond the weight, beyond the weight. And the one person who first told me this, it's like, I couldn't seem to accept it because I felt she was just being nice. Maybe being nice. When I started to lose the weight again and went back to school, I was able to contact this person I asked her out, and the person I was originally seeing, I stopped seeing. And this person who told me that she liked me beyond the weight, she she later became my wife. We were married, and I wasn't about to let it go away. But after the marriage, I was on my own really for the first time, supporting a wife. You know, it made me go back to the food. I started gaining weight and the weight at an incredible amount. And she, you know, she tried to get me back to the commercial plan, which I did. But she also told me about Overeaters Anonymous. And she literally pushed me to go. I wasn't like, but like I said, I pushed, you know, she pushed. I went, I sat there like a lump on the lock. I listened. I could identify with everything because they were doing what I was doing. But not to really work the program. I, I, I wasn't ready to give up the food. And I was even lying now about not just food, but about going to meetings. And she was angry when I first, when she found out. I wasn't ready for, I had not hit that bottom yet. But now somebody had told me also, there's a treatment center on Long Island, part of psychiatric hospital near where I live, that can help you get back on track. I took the number, I said, thank you. And this was four years later. It took me two years to hit that bottom. I pulled the number. I saw myself as a thin person. I finally realized that diets don't work. They say, you have to do something about the food issues. And I finally took that first step, that, that, that initial period in Overeaters Anonymous. It did its part. I called them up. I said, I am now up to 471 pounds. I can't walk. I can't. I have trouble walking. We can't go away on vacation. I can't do it. You have to let me in. Well, we have new room. I said, you're going to make the room because come Monday morning, I'm showing up at your doorstep, whether you say yes or no. They saw that gift of desperation. And they said, be here by 8 o'clock in the morning. My father drove across the city from the Bronx to Queens to drive me there. And sure enough, I said, I figured I would Go in, they'll help me get back on track. I'll go back to the commercial plan. The doctor said, forget it. They gave me a food plan. They said, you will go to Overeaters Anonymous. And this time I accepted it. And during that time, I had to fight for time because if they sent me home and I would come back as a day patient, it wasn't going to work. That got me an additional two weeks inpatient. 
Once I came back, I came back to the meeting first where that I started with. I took on a sponsor. I worked the steps. I started and I started doing service at an incredible rate to give back what I, what I did give it. And I was felt I was on my way. But there was something missing, and that part was the spirituality, which would have made it a lot, which if the spiritual, if I let the spirituality in, I would have gotten off the pink cloud that I was on. And I was finally losing the weight, and I finally made it. Now, our marriage was a little shaky, and after a vacation, and when, once I was married, I was in recovery for about 14 months, I relapsed. Now, I remember on my one-year anniversary, I remember going to a meeting and said, I'm absent one year today, and I've lost 206 pounds. And it was really because it was, it was a diet. They, I didn't realize that they had given me more of a diet. They went by calories. Of course, I was losing weight at an incredible rate. But 14 months later, into recovery, and a 224-pound weight loss, I came home one night, you know, and I didn't see this, but my, what my wife was saying, I came home, I came home from work one morning, I was working nights, to find my wife in bed, the victim of an attempted suicide. And, and, and I felt everything drain out of me, and that was the recovery draining out. I got into a hospital, you know, they, they did whatever they have to, and within the two weeks he was in the hospital, before they transferred to a psychiatric unit for two weeks, I passed a store, a deli, and it said three for a dollar. And I went for it. I felt it would make me feel better. And sure enough, that touched, that touched off a seven-year relapse. Now, I went to a treatment center the second time to try and save my marriage and my job. Not the right reason to do that. And it was a waste of time and money. And I lost both. I was on, and people, but I never, ever left the meetings. I never left my service commitments. And that was my cry for help. And I, and I look back, I realize how much people would try to help me because of that to get me to, to nutritionists, treat, try to find treatment centers, weight loss clinics, a diet doctor. And a diet doctor, originally, when I started to struggle, put me on an appetizer for it. And my way of thinking, my way of thinking was, if the doctor was monitoring, it's okay. It was not okay because it made me anorexic, and I was off that. But the but the relapse lasted seven years. A three hundred pound weight gain. I went up to five hundred and fifty, and and I was able to get to a treatment center after a two year fight with my insurance company, where they where they you were lifted in residential apartments. And they taught you to cook, to clean, and to do your own shopping as part of the treatment. They took me off sugar and flour. And that was what helped, and to help put my recovery first. Now, in my first recovery, my mother had passed away. And, and now, at this point in my recovery, I was also helping to take care of a sick father. When, it, when, I, had, when I was accepted into the treatment center, I said, you're going to take care of yourself. I'm going down there. And he wound up paying for it, for the transportation. And once I came back after eight weeks, I waited, I weigh and measure my food religiously. I do my, I work the steps again. I had a sponsor and I do sponsor people. I, and, I, and I've now moved up the ladder with my service, which has been helping me 
stay in recovery. For the, I just celebrated 19 years. I have, and I, for the past 16 of those years, I am maintaining a weight loss a little over 360 pounds. As when, and I had, and what I had done was, the skin was taken care of. I had that tummy tuck because I knew how strong my recovery is. That I would, that right for right now, it, I would not be going back to the way it was. And I do that very religiously. My recovery, I put my recovery first. When I went back to work, I took her on a job that was so stressful. You know, so I went back to work and the, and the, and my supervisor was a workaholic. She gave me too much work. I felt my recovery threat. I said, either the recovery goes or the job goes and the job lost. I quit. And now two years later, when I was ready to go back to work, this was, this was when I was ready. I, a state office got me back to work at a major New York hospital. It's still stressful, but now I'm at a point where I can handle the stress without going to the food. And they know where I'm coming from because I see the way I eat. And, they, and I've never held it a secret that I, that I do this. You know, I'm in over years and now. It's, you know, I'll tell anybody if it will help with that understanding. You know, and I've moved up the ladder of the service. I was asked to come back to intergroup for, you know, to take on a position there. And when, and when I took on a position of corresponding secretary, they also asked me, they also appointed me to move up another level. I went to my region business conference. And except for a one year period, I've been going into region since 2004. I have never, you know, I have been missing it, even as a volunteer. Then they said, they told me, there's an opening for a world service delegate and your name came up. That's all they had to say. For the next four years, I was going out to, to world service as a grueling schedule, but it was a type of schedule that helped enhance my recovery quite a bit. I never say no to service, whether it was to speaking or to, or to part, be part of the retreat committee or planning anything else. I'm there, I'll take phone calls at any time day or night. That's the, that's the surface and that's how I enhance my recovery. So I'd like to stop here and I'd like, you know, and, and I would like to hear from everybody else. Thank you.